Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a Monday version of the show. Hopefully, you're doing pretty good today. Uh, I know I'm personally dragging, starting my first cup of coffee. Hopefully, you're doing all right. Running a little behind schedule, but uh, other than that, everything's good. So let me get everything lined up. <clears throat> Excuse me over here. Welcome to Break the Cycle with DSD. I am your host, Dwayne. I'm not a uh, therapist nor an attorney. I'm an individual. Individual, Easy for me to say, much like you. who's developed some tips and techniques over the years that I've had to use to keep my sanity that I share with you to help you do the same. Break the cycle of toxic abuse. Get your life back. Strengthen the relationship with your kids and just all around help you turn the corner. Remember that only a licensed professional can diagnose somebody with a personality disorder, so be careful throwing around diagnosis terms because it can get you in trouble. As I often say, your credibility is the one thing that you have that can help you through this, and don't just squander it by, by having people look at you and think that you've lost your mind. You want to make sure that uh, what you're saying is backed up by facts. So just be careful about that. If you like what's going on here and you want to support it, first you can subscribe to the channel and hit the bell notification so you get notified when I post a video. But if you want to do a little bit more, you can become a channel member and you get special badges, custom emojis, names listed in the credits, and access to member-only events. And we had one this Saturday that was uh, pretty good. Had a nice long discussion. Actually, it went for about two and a half hours. So it was uh, it was good. A lot of good information came out of that. So, but that's another thing you can do. You can find out more just by going to youtube.com slash divorce and uh, scroll down and look for the join button. Actually, there's also, if you look in the video description, there's more information or there's a link to get to that as well. If you want to get an SMS notification of the show when it goes live, just text DSD live to 844-598-0012 and you will be added on to the SMS list and at 8 I'm sorry 555 my time local or basically five minutes before the show you'll get a text notification with the link for the show and if you want to participate in today's show you can do that by dialing 1424-373-5483-1424 DSD live and I did test the uh I got something like one of these stupid hairs is getting in my mouth. It's driving me crazy. Uh, we did test the uh, web interface. So that did work. So I know we were having some problems with uh, a couple of viewers from, uh, I think it was India who were, who for whatever reason wasn't able to get in, but I tested that. So it should work. And there's links in the description below on that as well. And on that, hopefully you guys are having an outstanding morning. All right. So let me um, scroll around here. Uh, the topic I had to, well, let me just double check before I jump into that. Now, one thing I do have to say, like an, like a knucklehead, I decided to update my OS. So um, <laughs> not a good idea this, this, you know, early on a production machine, but I wasn't thinking when I hit the button. So anyways, so that could create some extra complexities in today's show. I'm going to let you see who all we have here today. So we have, a, we have a few people with us, which is outstanding. I see a bunch of good mornings. Oh, thanks, everybody. You guys are out. You guys are awesome. I appreciate it. See a bunch of good mornings. I'll just go down here. We got uh, uh, SM, SM is saying that. Uh, good morning. iTumblers, good morning. 
Catherine, good morning. Good morning to you guys. CJ, good morning. MFA, good morning, everyone. Bears, Bears, cats, good morning, all. Awesome. You guys are in a good mood today. I like to see that. Which I don't know. Maybe maybe my my maybe my topic for today won't hit. Won't uh, <laughs> maybe it's not some completely appropriate. However, I was getting up this morning and and uh, well, actually last night when I was thinking about this, and then this morning I fleshed it out a little bit more. I wanted to talk about destructive decisions. Whenever we get caught up in making bad choices, and this is something that I absolutely fell into. It was uh, not not good, created a lot of uh, side effects. And part of that is, is you get to the point where you, or at least for me, you get to the point where you think that uh, you don't matter and that since no one else seems to care, why should you care? The, the reality is the only person you can really count on at the end of the day is yourself. You know, we always want someone to say, you are important and you are important and you want someone to reach a hand down and try to pull you up, which is what I do try to do every day. But the reality is at the end of the day, it's almost like I guess reaching a hand in and pulling you up isn't necessarily the right way to say it. It's more encouraging you to stand up and walk out the path or find the way to, uh, to climb up the ladder yourself. One of the, the things that I can look back on and really see a problem that I had was with my own medical uh, diabetic issues and stuff. And it was really kind of weird because I don't know I've told this story before, but also I'll try to try to make this really quick. But when our youngest, when the ex was pregnant with the youngest, she had gestational diabetes. And I remember when she came home that first day from the doctor, all upset, crying and, you know, just completely devastated saying that she had this. And I'm like, okay, well, what's the, you know, what did they say we need to do? What's, you know, how bad is it? It's like, well, we need to eat differently. And I'm like, okay, let's eat differently. Not a big deal. So we did got everything back under control. The, the bonus which I wasn't even thinking about at the time was I started losing weight and started getting healthier. So we both, uh, were doing better. Our youngest was born. This would be our third child. And we stayed on that diet. We pretty much acclimated everybody in the house to eating better, removed sugars, removed, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, turned desserts into fruits and stuff. Now at this time, I don't recall if I was even, at risk for, well, I'm no, I know I was at risk, but I don't remember if my doctor was saying I was, but anyways, so to move the story forward, what ended up happening is we have, uh, we have our youngest who's now 15 X is laser like focused to reach her target weight about a year and a half later, maybe a year later. She does. I come home one day and she announces I'm done eating like this. We're not doing it anymore. We're going back to what we were eating before. And I was just like, what? You know, I mean, it's like, hold on. You know, I mean, we've been married for at this time. Jeez, what is it? Maybe 14 years. And I'm like, we've been together 14 years. You know, this is the only thing that's ever worked for me 
you know, we should keep doing it. Nope, not going to do it. Not going to do it. And uh, yeah, immediately switched back to heavy pastas and, you know, ice creams and chocolates and, you know, candy, homemade candy and all this stuff. And it really hit me hard. You know, going back to that first comment I, I, I made is that thinking that you don't matter since no one else cares, why should you? That's exactly what I fell into. And I was like, I mean, I, I was so devastated that this person who I, who I, and I, and guys, keep in mind, this is around the time of my, the birth of my, well, no, a year after my youngest child. And then we didn't get divorced or I didn't leave for another five years. And I, uh, so I didn't really know what I was dealing with. I just completely crashed, figured, well, hell, no one else cares. Go ahead and just, you know, pass on, you know, pass on the extra helping. And I ballooned back up, you know, as my doctor was like, man, you got to get this under control. Your, your A1C numbers are starting to go out of control. And it just kept getting progressively worse. But I was in that mode, that destructive decision-making or destructive thinking mode that I was just devastated. And it's so easy to get into that mode to where you just keep making, you know, ma making bad decisions. And you can, you know, especially if you use food to, to, uh, soothe, which is what I definitely did. I mean, I, I, I know my family has, uh, on my side has addictive personality traits so I stayed away from alcohol and drugs and all that kind of stuff because I just knew that it was too much of a risk, you know, but Hey, you have to eat, right? Anyway, so it just progressed and got obviously worse and worse and worse. And then once the divorce happened and the money was so tight, especially the first, geez, I mean, from the, from the temporary orders until the permanent order, well, even when the permanent orders, well, no, the permanent orders changed, changed child support. And then my attorney screwed it up. So child support services kicked back the request because they bat fingered my social or something. So during that period of time, I couldn't even afford to take the medication because at that point I was on medication. I couldn't even afford to, to pay for the, uh, medication I was on. It's really weird because back then it was like a hundred dollars a month for these pills for one set of them. And then another, you know, I mean, basically it was kind of like 150 to $200 a month. Now it doesn't cost as much. Plus just as a little tip, if you guys have mail order, uh, pharmacy options on your insurance, look into it because once I started looking into it, you know, it turned into, instead of $100 a month, it was $100 for every three months. And then I don't know what's happened since then, but the price has gone down. It's actually one of those things that's like, let's, it's like the universe is saying, okay, we're going to make sure that, you know, you, this is a real pressure point, pain point. And uh, I had to stop. I had to stop doing all that stuff. And it wasn't like I could afford to buy great food, you know, so... But even with that, I mean, on top of the medical stuff, there was a period of time where I would also make destructive decisions on money. I mean, the first little bit. And part of that was me wanting to show the ex 
that I was okay, that, that what she did didn't, didn't blink or not, a, not a blink in the eye, but, but it caused no issue. It was like, you know, Hey, the, the best thing that ever happened to me was getting away from, from her or getting away from you. And, uh, I ended up basically just setting myself up for, for more, more pain longer term. So it's my point on this is it's really important if you're stuck in this mode right now, if what I'm saying right now is resonating with you, that you, you take, you take your notebook, you grab your, you know, you grab your paper and you, and you write down what's really important. You write down what your five to 10 year goal is. If you can think of it, if, even if you can't, just get to the point where you're like, okay, this situation sucks right now, but this is not permanent. But every decision you make today is going to affect effectively your tomorrow. So it's incredibly important that you pick, that you make decisions that help you achieve what you want to achieve, obviously, but that, that sets you up for success. I can look back at it now and realize that had I made some extra, you know, other decisions, well, one, if I've made other decisions, I I potentially could have my health and I mean, maybe not perfect, but better. But I know my financial health would be significantly better. I've made a lot of decisions that, uh, were effect, you know, basically I'm kind of torn on it, right? Because I really like where my life is at. I'm not really great, happy with the financial stuff. And I can see that had I made different decisions, that problem would have been solved instead of me looking at it like a three-year plan to really get to a point where things get better. Anyways, so that's basically that's basically what I wanted to start the day off with. Just be, you know, be be aware of the decisions you're making and think, I mean, just think through it a little bit more and try to be a little bit more constructive on it. So on that, I know Debbie was, moderator Debbie was uh, doing some comments. Hold on, I got to got to turn off some of my notifications. I got to figure out how, <laughs> how on the new OS anyways, cause it keeps covering over the, my, my part, my, my, my part of the screen. So let's see here. Uh, okay. Let me see if I can find this. What Andrew said, let me scroll up. I'm going to, uh, hopefully I will find this man. You guys must be chatting a lot. Ander says, uh, my son cries every time he is about to be delivered to his mom's parents. He says that he wants to stay with me and don't want and doesn't want to go to his mom. How should I tackle that? He's almost three years old. Well, one, there's a, a, a what you want to do is you want to make it. You, how am I going to say this? What you don't want to do is you don't want to feed into that with your with your son. You want to make it a positive thing. And I mean, some kids are going to have 
abandonment, not abandonment issues, but uh, is that the right word? I don't know if abandonment's the right word, but have issues with that. But you can also really push a child into to, to feeling that way as well. And I, what I'll say on that is my ex was a master at this. We could drop the kids off at, at uh, you know, Nana's house and leave. And she would rile them up so much that they were all, you know, hugging on her and freaked out. And, and the reality is, is the kids ended up expecting that's what was happening. And the reason I, let me back up. And then as soon as we would leave, the kids would be fine, right? I mean, when I would, when I, when we would talk to Nana later, it would be like, oh yeah, no, as soon as you guys walked out the door, the kids, uh, the waterworks stopped and everybody was happy. Three is pretty young. So all of this is really traumatic for, for a kid. Uh, I mean, if they're also feeling like people aren't there and stuff, they can, you know, I mean, if they're already feeling not secure, bottom line is, is just, you know, reassure them in a positive way that uh, everything's going to be okay. Uh, and what I mean on that is that doesn't mean, you know, you go over and you hug them real tight. That part's good. But, you know, it's just like, it's okay. It's okay. You'll see me soon. You know, that's what my ex used to do. And it's just the way you, you, you know, your way you, you try to deal with it. Now, do not look at that and say, oh my God, my son hates his mother. He only wants to be with me. And because that's typically what happens on the other side, right? I mean, it's like they, they like, oh my God, every time I, every time dad comes to get the kid, they're completely begging not to go. My kids used, I had one child that actually would do that, would be like, no, I don't want to go. I'm scared, you know, throwing herself at the door. And then as soon as she got in the car, it was like, oh, hi, daddy. You know, I mean, it was just, it was complete show. So hopefully that was helpful, Andrews. If uh, you have any other questions on that, let me know. All right, I am going to go to, it looks like a return call. It looks like Matt. So let me go ahead and grab you at 845. Hello and welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, Dwayne? How are you? I'm good. How are you doing this morning? I didn't get a chance to really read what you wrote. So what's going on? Uh, not too much. I had a, <laughs> I had a, sto- a short story. I was trying to keep it short, but I like to bring these stories to, uh, to you to, uh, you know, get feedback from the group and yourself and, uh, and kind of share sometimes. I, I mean, that's what I gain most from this is that hearing other people's stories makes you feel like we're not alone in these kinds of things. And, you know what I mean? So I had something that happened yesterday that was, uh, you know, disturbing, but I handled it well. That's another thing that kind of give people reinforcement on how to, how do you handle these things? Because some people, when you tell them these stories, they say to you, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you stay calm. I don't know how you didn't, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so what happened was, uh, I'll try to keep it short. My, uh, my wife went out with a girlfriend yesterday in the afternoon just to go shopping for a couple hours. Right. So I was home with, with our son. So I decided, uh, yeah, you know, uh, let's make some let's bake some cookies together because I like to cook. I always have like to cook and bake and whatever. It's just something I enjoy, and I used to do it a lot with him. And since this all started, this is one of the things he tries to limit. You know, right. I want, like we've cooked baked pies together. It sounds petty, I know, but you know what I mean. Um, you know, we, we even the last couple of weeks, I remember once he, he said something like, you know, he wanted to make an apple pie again, 
And I said, yeah, we can make apple pie. And she said, you're not making apple pie in this house. She said, so she, it's her house, you know, it's her house. Everything's hers. Everything's right, right. hers. The, the stove is hers. The dryer, everything's hers. So you're not in this house. So anyway, so she leaves. So I'm like, ooh, good opportunity to do something. Because you always have to work around. These oh, yeah, absolutely. So we, uh, yeah. So, you know, me and him, him bake some cookies, which is, I mean, he's sick. So really it's him sitting up on the counter for a little bit, mixing for a minute or so. And then he's like, oh, can I go watch some cartoons? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> so it's yeah, not like yeah. a big deal, but it's fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so uh, we make cookies and yeah, so we, we bake the cookies, blah, blah. She comes home after we're all done. Everything's all cleaned up, but the cookies are on the counter and Tupperware. She sees the cookies immediately. She, uh, she says, uh, why are there cookies on the counter? What, 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 and, you know, he says, we make cookies, blah, blah. It's a big problem. Um, you knew I was, I told you I was making cookies with him. I was going to do it. You have to, it's cursing involved. F, F, you know, F this, F that. Uh, yeah, I told you I was going to do it. And, and, uh, and you always want to do everything. Like take over everything. Uh, blah, 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 blah. It goes on and on. She never told me that. I'm, I swear to God, Dwayne, never, ever did she say anytime recently, I'm cooking, co- I'm baking cookies with him on Sunday. But that's her line. That she told oh, me of course. Uh, she's doing of this course. on Sunday. She that's... never said a word. And then I, she, you know, she, I tell her, I said, you know, when did you tell me this? First, she says on Friday. I told you on Friday. I said, well, when? Because, and she pretty much knows. I, I document everything. I, I document it. I don't know if she really knows. I record all the time. Yeah. Um, so every interaction is recorded. So and and Friday really, I spoke to her on the phone twice, and we were only together in the house for like two minutes when I got home from work, and then she went out with her girlfriend for the night. So I, I went back. I listened. There was not a word. She didn't say a word about it. And I tell her, I say, you know, when did you tell me on Friday? When on Friday exactly? I'm not. Gonna, you you know when it was. You know. Look at oh, the yeah. documentation. And I kind of, oh, and I keep trying to, because she will not, she knows, she won't let herself get pinned down by saying something. Just, you know when it was, or. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, just tell me. Tell me. And, uh, and, you know, she does these things in front of our son, so I feel like it's going to make him feel guilty or whatever. And and then ultimately, you know, she, she, she goes upstairs huffing and puffing, and then she comes downstairs, and she says, come on, you know, little Johnny, whatever. Come on, come on, we're going to Grandma and Grandpa's. Let's go. We're, we're going to go over there. We're going we're gonna to go, we're going to eat dinner with them. It was a punishment, you know, taking oh, away course. from me. You know, that bothered yeah. me. I didn't, uh, I was good though, bro. You would have been proud of me. Good, I, man. I, oh, great, Grandma and Grandpa. I helped him put his coat on. I said, you know, go have fun. Nice. <laughs> good job, great. man. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, but it was, uh, it was, it was quintessential crazy making. Oh, of no course. Reason. I mean, I don't know. She might have had the idea to bake cookies that day. She might have gotten the idea. And she never told me about it. But she couldn't just say, "Oh man, I wish I would have told him. Uh, I would have. I, I should have told him because I really want to do that." No, but I mean, she's trying. I mean, she's trying to gaslight you, and she's also trying to to program your son to not. I mean, to drive that wedge. I mean, it, you know, honestly, it's amazing, or it's a testament to your own character and relationship with your child that even with all this drama, your son still tries to create these moments with you right i mean so it's like the, the the net effect is that it's not working i mean yeah there's an effect but i mean it hasn't completely happened and sh- hopefully soon once you have your thing done and you move out of there you know you'll have whatever visitation you have i mean dude at this stage of the game if you got five hours you know 
of uninterrupted time in your own place where you don't have to worry about her taking the keys, pulling the doorknob off, you know, deadbolt or, you know, putting a <laughs> chain link, you know, or, or a, a bike lock around the damn oven. I mean, geez, man, it, yeah. it, it'll be like paradise. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, it, it's going to be amazing. I, you know, it, it's hard to, you know, fantasize about it. Cause it, the question is what's the custody be? So like, I look for it, but you don't know what's going to be. You don't know. But yeah, man, when I think about that, but well, it's just, it's just it's yeah. this crazy stuff that I, no one believes unless they know us for all, you know, they know the situation. Well, they, they have, have to, to see, that, I mean, really? they, they would have to see it because no one believes that somebody would really do it. You know, they would look at it and I mean, it, it, so here's, I mean, here's the sad reality, right? I mean, if I, okay, if, if I wasn't me and I didn't have a background in this stuff, if I was just a normal person and your ex, you know, I worked with her or something and she's like, oh man, can you believe this? My, my future ex-husband who won't leave the house. Uh, you know, I tell, I tell him, I go out with my friends and I have everything set up to bake cookies with my kid and I come back and there's cookies. I mean, I would believe it. Most people would. Right. I mean, it's like, it, that's yeah, what's so it hard. True, yeah. Well, yeah. And, if it was and, true, it would be kind of an a-hole move. It would be, and by the way, it would be something she would actually do. Exactly. I know. I know. That's what I was just thinking. That's exactly what it, yeah, it's, that is the narc move. And, and yeah, I mean, so dude, you handled it well. I mean, and, and then the whole thing, whenever it's like, okay, we're going to, to, to grandma's and you being good about it. I mean, see, the thing is you're reinforcing to your child that, that, uh, you know, you're dealing with this. Okay. He's watching the other parent flip, flip out all the time and doing crazy stuff. You know, are you getting any closer to, to, Getting this finalized? Where where are you at on your court stuff? <laughs> well, so that's the second part. Funny. So today, actually at noon, I have a phone conference with another attorney. Just because, I mean, my attorney is good. I feel like he's good. I do have confidence in, but I just, I didn't shop around originally. Like a lot of people say, he was kind of like our family attorney. He's very good. He's oh, yeah. well um, established in the area. He's good. It's not like he's like, you know, our our slip and fall lawyer who we got but at the same time i didn't shop around and i felt like sometimes i just i'm not 100 percent comfortable sometimes i get answers i just i guess i'm just not comfortable because i'm only hearing from him when he says like oh in new york they do it this way yeah yeah really it just seems so yeah. i just need and this other attorney is a friend of mine's attorney with her custody stuff and he, she's very very uh very well uh, you know recommended by people and so i'm going to give her a, just to add just to put the question put the yeah, situation yeah. to her quickly and if a constantly and kind of, and she knows I have an attorney. I said, yeah, I have an attorney, blah, blah, blah. So hopefully she'll be able to say, you know, just, I don't know. I don't know. It could be. Oh, you're doing this today. You, know, Are, you, you, you haven't met with yeah, this. Oh, okay. this is that. No, man, I think, and this yeah. is for, for anybody listening, you know, if you're having doubts, you know, I mean, it's like a medical, I mean, this is, I mean, all this stuff is super serious, right? I mean, if you have a, a serious medical issue, you, you know, you're, you're encouraged to go get a second opinion. So I don't think there's anything wrong with talking to another attorney just to make sure. You know, I mean, if you talk to the, talk to someone yeah. else and they go, oh yeah, that's exactly, you know, your attorney's spot on, then, you know, you got, you got some confirmation and you like can feel a little bit more comfortable, but you know, what you don't want to do is yeah. you don't want to cr cruise down the road, feel uncomfortable and then later realize, are you hear from other people, something different. And then you're going, oh crap, I should have, I should have checked. Well, now you're checking, you know, this is what you're doing is smart. Yeah, exactly. So Thanks. good for you. So yeah. there's the. Yeah, there's, and there's a, there was a meeting planned for last week. I, with They have something called a referee in New York. Mm, that okay. I get someone that kind of works for the judge. 
and there was a meeting with the attorneys and this referee um, planned for last week that the my attorney said the court intervened on their own and rescheduled another canceled that meeting rescheduled another one for the 18th of November on Wednesday with the judge not this referee um, when I asked him what's it about he says no way nobody has a clue what it's about the courts intervened on their own and they were having this meeting I, I I can't stand that what do you mean you don't know how does someone know I don't know he says no one knows that's what your attorney says, or it's what. And that's, my attorney said said no one knows what it's about. And that's on Wednesday. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, where I, you know, the, the anxiety in my head goes to, oh, is this the part where she says, you know, I, I threatened to beat her up and she doesn't feel safe anymore? But I say I don't even think that happens during a meeting with the attorneys. I think that would be a, a restraining order hearing. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, no, this my is head goes, this is. Think, yeah, that's weird. So she's well, getting, you know, it's getting more and more. She's getting more wild. She's getting more desperate. And, uh, you know, I'm always prepared for the, uh, I feel afraid, you know, I don't do anything to give her that uh, oh, yeah. impression. I don't raise my voice in the house. I don't do anything. So, right. and I record at all times. So hopefully that's not ever going to happen. But well, you have to call, you have to call us back on Thursday and let us know how that goes. All right. I will give you an update, but yeah, I wanted to give you that short story there. Oh, that was uh, good. You did well. You did good, play man. Play it cool when, when you, thanks. Yeah. When you get in these situations, you got to just keep your calm, play it cool and, and think three or four steps ahead. You can't react emotionally. Yeah, true. So. All right, man. Thanks for calling. All right. Thanks, Dwayne. Bye. Man, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy, right? I mean, they, they try to provoke you to get you to have a different reaction. That's got to tell you, in his, this situation, it's got to be driving her crazy that she cannot push the buttons to get the reaction that uh, that she's looking for. So it's a dangerous position to put yourself in, but you know sometimes you have to, right? I mean, he, I, I know we've talked about this in the past, but there are a lot of attorneys that recommend or people that recommend stay in the house as long as possible, primarily because... If you leave and you're dealing with somebody who's going to alienate the kids from you and keep them from you, then you're starting from a position as like, well, you left and you have, you know, you don't see your kids. So you have 0% custody. So if we give you 10%, you'll be happy. Whereas if you're there and you're like, well, wait a minute, I effectively have 100% because I'm here. You both have 100%. And then, so what's, you know, what's more reasonable? You can even make the argument saying, look, this is, uh, you know, the kid sees both of us. They need to see both of us equally. So it's a, you know, I mean, it's a, I mean, honestly, it probably would have helped my situation. Otherwise, I, but I would have went insane. I did see a question. I wanted to, to see if I can pull it up real quick. And then there's another caller who did use the web interface. So I'll grab that here in a second. Uh, where is it? I saw, I saw a question for me. Hopefully I didn't, let me scroll back down. I may have scrolled past it. Um, where, oh, where did that go? Okay, that's not there. Well, all right, I'll just, uh, I think moderator Debbie grabbed it. It was, um, Linda had asked question, just curious, did your ex's childhood have abuse in it? Yes, Uh that and abandonment. I don't know exactly what all, you know, the details of it, but, uh, it was not a good situation. X told me or told me a lot of stories about her brother and her sister being incredibly mean and cruel to her. Uh, 
her mom remarried a guy who was kind of weird. They're still married as far as I know, but you know, not the greatest human on the planet. So there was a lot of abandonment issues and a lot of, uh, uh, problems on that. So yeah, there was definitely, there was definitely problems there. Uh, the sad reality is, is that whenever I first met her, I was like, Oh, you know, you had a bad home life. I had a bad home life, you know? So we know what bad is. So we'll know how to make it better. See, that logic should make sense, right? I mean, it's funny that uh, uh, something as simple as that is not as simple as that. All right, let me, uh, let me just check the other comments. Um, let's see. Let's see what... Um, I'm going to try to grab this one. See, I don't even think, it doesn't even look like the, oh, here we go. Jamie says, does anyone know what age a child can legally decide if they want to visit an ex? Minus 13 and is very intelligent and understands how, quote, how dad is. He calls uh, dad out on bad behavior, then is punished. You know, the the reality is, is if, if your court order does not have that in it, then you, I mean, you can't just say, well, okay, our child is now 13. The court order says that you uh, you get to see him. Ha- Let's just say it's 50-50, and now they don't want to do it. You, you, you can't do that. Now, if, you're, if the dad says, you know, if you're like, hey, Timmy doesn't want to come over, and they're okay with it, well, then that's one thing. But if there's a court order and the, the other party is um, sticking to it, you can't do it. Now, I have known people who have had custody arrangements written that said, you know, the person who has primary physical custody of the child, and I say child, I mean 13, I mean still a child, but, you know, the the the, the dependent, that uh, they do have some say. But typically what happens, even if that's written in originally, normally that changes because it's really easy, like even with what you're saying on that, Jamie, you know, it is. It would. It wouldn't be that hard to spend to spin it that you are doing parental alienation and causing, you know, this 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 problem between dad and the son, or I think you said son. So it, you got to be really careful about it. Um, your best bet, honestly, would be to go back. I mean, to, well, okay. So first, first thing would be to talk to talk to the ex to see if they're willing to make some changes and if the answer is no it's going back to court and get it modified and either saying you know having it written in to where little timmy has a choice and uh can decide um but it's probably going to be a long shot because if you, if you do that then the next step is that little timmy just never sees his dad and most places aren't going to well most places aren't going to do that if your ex is a narcissist, if the other parent is a decent person and just trying to be, you know, be involved in their kid's life, then they might. Cause that seems to be the way it seems to be the way it works. So you just got to tread lightly on that. Uh, also understand that typically in that situation, whenever you push that button, most of the time, a nar- let's say that you're, or we'll say that your ex is, is, you know, 
would be potentially diagnosed as a narcissistic person, they will come at you like it's end times war, which means that they will pro- probably, my guess would be if he's really toxic, is he will go for full custody. Now, a 13-year-old's voice potentially in most areas is listened to. So if he was had an opportunity to talk to the judge, it would be taken into account. But you just have to be careful of how what's really going to be said. Because oftentimes what kids will do, and I've known people who've got burned by this, they say, oh, I want to be with you, daddy. I want to be with you, mommy. <clears throat> so they go, okay, fine. You know, they hire the attorneys, they go to court. And then when they get to the point, <clears throat> when they get to the point where the kids put on a spot, they back down and they say either, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. Or no, I really want to be with the other parent or I want it to stay the same. And you've kind of, you know, went off to war and you're, you know, the, the support, the support staff turned around and went the other direction. I don't know if that's a good analogy, but, but just keep that in mind. Uh, let me look and see what else is going on here in the comments. So, Just just checking around. So Brandon has asked, uh, how do you deal with a mental uh, verbal person? She attacks my family and friends as well. We both said we are done, but she chose to not move out and she and uses this uses the it's all your fault and not mine. So here, here's the thing. Narcissistic people live in their own bubble. They live in their own reality. You're never going to convince them that they're wrong and that you're right. Or you're never going to convince them that they need to get help. You basically have to, uh, you know what? Let me just pull this up for a quick, quick second if I can. Um, right here. So if you go to the main page, and I'm going to basically talk about the mindset for narcissistic abuse recovery. These first are the second and third videos, absolute thinking. It's critically important that you, without a doubt, realize that your ex has serious problems. In that video, I talk about if you don't have a diagnosis and you're just saying it to yourself, that if you know if you think or suspect that they're NPD, you just say they're NPD in your head. You're not saying that to everyone else. But And every time you start ruminating or you start wondering why personality disorder, that's the reason why. That's the reason why the behavior is crazy is because of this that condition. The next thing is the black hole thinking, which I'm trying to put my mouse over it, but it's not showing up. Uh, and that's uh, basically where you stop worrying about what they're doing and you just focus on yourself. I would encourage you to check those out and that could be uh, that could definitely be helpful for you. Oh darn! I lost the uh, web the web caller. I was literally looking forward to making sure that worked, but it does look I ha- like I do have another caller. So I'm going to go to uh, to nine seven eight if I hit the right button. Hello and welcome to the show. Good morning, Dwayne. It's Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. How are you doing today? Is, I, I saw it says good news. I, I am ready to hear some good news. What's going on? Um, so my attorney got back to me and apparently she is 
searching the obituaries for my ex's lawyer because there's been no communication. Wow. Which, which leads me to my December case. If he's unrepresented, my attorney is going to move that everything gets dropped because at this point between the ex's text of trying to get me to do 50 hours of schooling, I, you right, know, right. Yeah. when school started, um, she's, she's just going to ask that, you know, everything kind of revert back to the way it was. That's... So this, this little epiphany dropped on me last night when I was at work and that's December 10th. So that means that I could possibly get my kids for Christmas, but I'm now at that problem where I haven't planned on it because I just didn't foresee it being a thing. So now I'm like thinking, Oh God, I got to get a Christmas tree. I got to get, I gotta, I'm going to put decorations and you know, it's, it's good. It's a good anxiety you know, for the holiday season. What's uh, when's your next court date that you'd be able to, to figure out what's really going on? How much time do you have? December 10th. Okay. No, good. I, I so, mean, I, I mean, so I, I have uh, roughly 25 days ish. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, so did, is his, did the, did his attorney actually pass away or did, I mean, does he, is he not represented anymore or do you know? Nobody knows because no one's heard from her. Wow, that's crazy. Well, good though. I mean, at least uh, so your attorney's feeling better about it, right? I mean, feeling that this is a, a turn potentially setting things in motion. Yeah, I mean, we just won't get to trial and we won't bring up, you know, the fact that he's telling everybody he's got full custody and that, you know, a lot of a lot of the allegations that popped up and we're not going to be addressing that apparently, you know, if we go this route. Well, I mean, that's part of the problem with this are these situations is, is that sometimes they can take away a move we're going to make, right? Just because it's like we almost need them to continue their bad behavior, you know, so that our pieces move in the right place so we can use that to expose them. And whenever they, they do something different and it changes it, it makes it really tough. So, I mean, unless there's some other way you can bring all this out, I don't, you know, I, I, the, the sad part is, is you want to get to the point where your custody is back to some semblance of normal. So it's kind of a catch 22. I mean, unless you went ahead and just pushed it to try to get it out there and try to ask or do something more, but I'm, I'm I'm assuming your attorney's recommending against that. She is. Yeah. What's and, your- and to to respond back to iTumblers, um, I I have no choice on reaching out. I do what my lawyer tells me to do, and you know, honestly, for a professional not to get back to another professional, um, we were court ordered to communicate. So this is just a violation of a court order among the other violations, right, which will right. all be heard December tenth. Well, at least you can bring some of that up, but I can see what you're saying. If, if the, I mean, the worst case scenario is that the, uh, the other attorney did pass away because they'll probably give a pass on everything. Well, it's an, un, you know, unprecedented circumstance, yada, yada. Um, I mean, I guess maybe best case is, is that they both show up your ex and his attorney and you guys can say, Hey, what the hell? So the plot thickens, doesn't it? She's, she's very much alive. Because I passed by her house 
uh, just last week. The attorney? There's lights on in that house. Yeah. Oh, wow. She lives two towns over from me. Wow. Well, I don't know. Is that good news or not? You're, I, 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 you're making me stressed. That, that's, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's good news or not. It's bad news for her because she's not listening to the judge, a.k.a. her boss. Right, so, right. You know, that's, that has nothing to do with me. What, what's going to be basically the, the boil down of it when we go to court is, hey, it's been over a year. This has been unfounded. This is unfounded. You know, he's willing to give back physical custody. He's mentioned it three different times. He wanted her to do the schooling with the kids so he could go back to work full time. Right. At this point, there's there's no reason to continue on trying to find a supervisor or trying to get into a supervised visitation facility because there's no reason for it. End of story. Like, let's call it quits yeah. and go back to the way things work. Well, hopefully that's what happens. And geez, that would be awesome if you could get that done. So you do get to spend at least part of Christmas with the, with the kids. That would be great. Seems like normally that it doesn't would be happen. The first Christmas in two years. Yeah. Well, we'll all keep our fingers crossed for you, Tiffany. I know I will. Thanks. You have a good morning. I am having a good morning. You have a good morning too. All right. Man, you know, it's the holidays are so damn tough because typically they use they use them to basically just punish you and try to drive you know drive problems. However, my situation it was a little different. That first Christmas, mine was like, uh, oh, he can have he can have the kids. Actually, it was he can have the kids if there's another adult down here. So my mom was going to come down at one point and then we got the dates wrong and it was like, oh, you know, the court order was written to where I had to have another, you know, responsible adult here. And then I found out not through the ex, but through the kids that she was leaving the state to go back and visit her family. And uh, when my attorney had asked, you know, their attorney and it's like, hey, we need to fix this part. I'm like, nope. If uh, he doesn't have another person there, he can't have the kids. And I'm like, all right, we'll wait till the last minute and say, okay, sorry, I don't have anybody who can watch the kids. And, you know, you, uh, you can't go on your trip now. So, but anyways, the whole point of that story is, is I actually got the first Christmas. She left. She got on, I think, an airplane and left me with the kids for that first week. She had them the second week and then came back, if I remember correctly, came back late. Um, but these people do crazy stuff. It's like, it makes no sense. You know, I mean, in my situation, you have somebody who's saying that I was abusive, that I was a danger, that I was murderous and or suicidal, (laughs) but you can have the kids by yourself for a week alone while, while I leave the state. You know, I mean, they just do crazy stuff. It makes no sense. It's whatever they, uh, it's whatever fits them in that moment. Anyways, I digress. OMFA says, Dwayne, those early videos kept me sane. Yeah, that was, those were some earlier videos. No beard, 
I was recording outside in different places, trying to figure out how to do all the production on everything, figuring everything all out in real time. Good times. All right, let's see what else is going on in the comments. Actually, let me scroll back because moderator Debbie has picked some, some comments. So let me see if I can uh, see what's going on here. So I see some just, let's see, I'm looking for a question. I don't see any questions. Test one. Nope. I already talked about that one. So just to throw it out there, if, if somebody has a question for me, tag me and just put Q in front of it because it makes it a lot, uh, a lot easier to figure things out. I already hit that one. And it's really tough for me to see comments that are just kind of going back and forth that, uh, no, it looks like I covered all of them. So the rest of them were just comments. Um, let's see. John had said my ex and her attorney did that nonsense that I needed another person to be with, with my kids. My mom, uh, my mom was with me and the ex made the kids call the police, call the police on my mom. Then they spun a lie in court. Yeah, it's, you know, it's all crappy standard tactics. I actually, I mean, and the way I got around it, like I said, is I was using it, um, I just used it against her. I'm just like, okay, fine. You know what? You're saying the court, you know, the, the temporary order says that I can't, or, or was it a temporary order? I think it was, I can't remember what they called it, but whatever that initial order is, was specifically written that I could not have the kids unless... Uh, there was, you know, my mom was there and ultimately whenever it came down to the last minute, it's like, oh, okay, I guess you can't go on your trip now, pumpkin. That's so sad. Oh, well, I was like, what? You know, and the, and the crazy part is, is you would think that they would look at it or she would have looked at it and just said, oh crap. You know, I mean that, that, that screws up my narrative. It didn't stop the narrative. I mean, when we ultimately trying to remember how that worked I'm trying to remember what the time frame was on that so ah whatever oh, i'll grab this um i'm gonna another caller hello welcome to the show hey Dwayne, how are you i'm good how are you doing tom- this morning <laughs> good tomorrow i'll be good too uh- awesome <laughs> quick question so i know um I talk to you guys a lot and I've heard a lot of stories. Um, and a lot of you guys mentioned being in trial. Now, what's the difference between trial versus a hearing? Because I feel like all I'm doing is hearings. And I think, is that why I'm never able to even go over my evidence? Yeah. See a hearing typically what happens is, and I, and I didn't know this, right. I'm glad you you're asking this because I thought, I think like most people think, you know, you go to court, they listen to your thing. They make a decision. You're done. And you're like, okay, cool. You know, I go to court. I spend my money with my attorney and I'm over. Typically what happens is you have all these evidentiary hearings and, you know, status hearings and all this crap. It's whenever you cannot make a decision and then they schedule it for trial. So that's whenever you guys really get to bring up a lot of, you know, that that's whenever you would really present your evidence or at least have an opportunity to present it. Whereas in the hearings, a lot of times the judge can say, I'm not going to look at that. You know, that's not the right place for it. Kind of goes back to what we were talking about the other day where it's the rules of, the, of their game, right? I mean, there's a process or a theater that has to happen 
for things to, to get to a certain point. So typically what will happen is you'll have your, your, you know, you had your initial hearing with probably temporary orders and they told you to go do some stuff and then they'll have a hearing to see, well, like, how did that go? And did it make any difference? And then, you know, maybe they'll order some ex- you to do some extra stuff. And then ultimately after this long drawn out process, if you still can't come up to some decision, then there's a trial to where you, everyone presents evidence and then a judgment is actually a ruling or a judgment is made. Does that make sense? It does. So this is unfortunate. So my evidence won't even be looked at unless I have the the rate, like the resiliency to go through all of this and like keep pushing and pushing. Yeah. The only, the only caveat, the only caveat I would say is and double check with your attorney is there are some situations where things can be brought up to get resolved earlier. If it's, I can't remember what the term is, but there's, there's some ways to have things classified as like more urgent to where it is looked at before a trial. But, but again, it's like, you have to say, you have to say the magic words in the right order. You know, like if you remember the movie labyrinth, you know, when it's like, you know, I wish that the goblin King would take my baby brother right now or whatever. It's like, it has to be said in the, in the, you know what I'm talking? I don't know. If, I don't know if that was a good example, but but it's it's one of those things where no, it's that like was actually a great example. Yeah, and and the and the problem is is that no one tells you what the what the the magic words are. So you're you're kind of left yeah. doing something and it's like, "Oh, well you didn't ask, you know, you know you ask it in the right way." So so that's probably where your issue is, but that's a it's a good question because like I said, I know that I was like when my attorney sat down and said, "Oh no, we have the we have the temporary hort, you know, hearing." And then we'll have an evidentiary hearing and then we'll have a, and I'm like, what? I'm like, when the hell do we get to go to court to get this resolved? Oh, well, that'll be like three or four down the road. I'm like, and I'm looking at it going every freaking time we go to court, it's cost me a thousand dollars for you to show up. I'm like, holy crap. You know, I mean, you're talking about four or $5,000 just to, just to do nothing until we can get to the point. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, anyways, so I'm glad you asked the question. Uh, that's, that is the difference between basically the uh, hearing and a, and a trial. And that's probably a really crappy way to explain it, but that's the real layman way to do it. All right. No, it was good. And it made sense. So then wait, one more thing. Um, so, you know, right now it looks like we had mediation and it looks like we were able to agree on actually most things, which is good, except for like when overnight starts, but it scares me because he did all of a sudden, out of nowhere, mention wanting 50-50 residential. So um, should I just wait to push? Is it, is it good for me to wait to push that trial button until that is fully brought up? Because right now we're not even really entertaining it. Or do I have to bring it, like, try to push the trial now? to just You know what? In the okay. So, again, I'm not an attorney, so take this with a grain of salt. What I would say is if you can get an agreement that doesn't have, and I know, I know, <laughs> I know some of the people on the channel might not like me saying this, but if you can get an agreement that doesn't address 50 50 in the court order, so you can have whatever, you know, like, so if you have, all right, there's going to have to be a few overnights and whatever, and, and have it just be what it is, and then make him have to come back to court that to, to switch it to 50 50, that would be your best case. Now, honestly, the flip side to it is if you were on the other side of this and you were calling, I would, I would say the opposite. I would say, make sure you have that at a certain time, it goes to 50, 50, uh, visitation. Right. But, but yeah, I would encourage, I mean, 
taking into account what you're dealing with. And I mean, I, some people know more of your story because from your previous calls and the member call, but I would, um, that's what I, that's a take. That's the angle I would take. I was like, okay, you know what? We're not talking about that now. Don't just try, don't have it written in. If he turns around and he says, Hey, I want 50, 50 when he turns five or six and I want it written into the court order. See, then that pro then, then that puts it on you, right? Then you would have to go back later and say, Hey, look, here's a, here's a laundry list of behavioral problems our patterns of behavior with the, with the ex. And this is now you'd have to be going and saying, and this is the reason why I don't think 50 50 is appropriate. And I, you would probably have a harder time on that. So if you can get it, if you can get it to where it's not written in and you just have, okay, you know, um, all right, fine. You're going to have a couple overnights. Um, you know, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, I mean, you have, she has a, they, they have a really young child, six months, right. If I remember correctly. Yeah, on Thursday, she'll be six months. Yeah, I mean, so we're talking basically a baby. So, I mean, just so people understand the context of it. But, uh, yeah, that's what my recommendation. And if you can get through this with a mediated agreement, then save your money for the battle. And and that mediated agreement doesn't give away the farm, then you're golden. I mean, that's great. Okay. All righty. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Um, oh, wow. That was perfect timing. So, and I just to, just to, I, I just want to say this real quick, you know, I, and I know people can be like, Hey, wait a minute. You know, you're giving advice that's hurting the other side or whatever. I take all of this when people are calling in that, that, you know, for the most part, you don't end up at my channel if everything is perfect. And typically the way I approach things, cause I'm more like, Hey, how do you fix your life? most of the narcissist people leave. So I always look at it that the people who are here are really dealing with somebody who's really complicated. And it's like, oh my God, how do I deal with this? So anyways, man, let's, I'm going to see if, uh, see if there's any comment I could hit really quick. We're almost out of time though. This hour just flies by like it normally, like it normally does. So <laughs> Tiffany says we we need to host a we need to host a movie night. That's actually kind of funny. Uh, it could be something. Anyways, you know what, guys? On that, I just want to say, going back to the other thing, you know, the first topic. Just try to think through the decisions you're making and what the long term effect is. And if you find yourself feeling like I was talking about way back at the beginning of this particular episode that, you know, why no one else cares, why should I care? Recognize that as a problem and get some help. Go find a therapist or or find, you know, find something that will help you get back on track. Because again, like I said earlier, at the end of the day, the only person you can count on really to take care of you is you. And on that, thank you guys so much for hanging out with me today. And I want to say thank you so much to the channel members who help make all this possible. Keep the lights on, keep the phone numbers running. Have a great rest of your day and I will catch you here tomorrow.